Dear listeners, Sai Ram. We now bring you Vahini Satsang. Today's episode was first aired on the 19th October 2017 as part of Thursday Live programs on Asia Stream of Radio Sai. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. single story of his infinite glory captured through divine discourses music bhajans and through vedas talk shows interviews panel discussion and study circles all brought to you live from the epicenter of our times prashanti nilayam india radio sai thursday live Saram dear listeners and welcome once again to Vahini Satsang. I am Team Radio Sai's Bishu and as always along with me is Sai Prakash. By Bhagwan's grace we have like last week also Professor Venkatraman with us as we discuss the 13th chapter of Prema Vahini. But before we get on with our program let me take this opportunity to wish all of you a beautiful bright and blessed diwali shraddha ka deepak bhakti ki jyoti satya prem ki jalti nishani satya prem ki jalti nishani deepavali dear listeners let us light the lamp of sai love in as many hearts as possible creating smiles and joy all around Wishing you a bright, beautiful and exciting Diwali. So happy Diwali and this is a festival that is celebrated from New York to New Delhi to New Zealand in some form or the other. And of course this year the government has banned bursting of crackers in New Delhi. And I guess this will... there will always be beautiful lamps everywhere even if even if there is no there are no crackers interestingly that is how diwali was celebrated traditionally for many centuries bursting of crackers began only after 1940 this is what i was reading an article this morning which said that during the mughal era deepavali was celebrated primarily using lamps and a bit of illuminative fireworks and this was limited to the state of gujarat Aurangzeb the Mughal king banned the public exhibition of both lamps and fireworks for Diwali in 1667 after the Mughals for much of the british rule the stringent explosives act restricted the manufacture and sale of raw materials that were used for creating these fireworks and in 1940 the explosive act was amended making the manufacture of a certain class of fireworks legal and two brothers seized this opportunity and in 1940 they created the first fireworks factory in shivakasi in south india and from then on they worked hard to somehow associate deepavali with fireworks and their idea sort of caught on because they earlier had a matchbox factory and so this was sort of a natural extension of their business so that is how fireworks and all the sound and uh, the explosive 
uh, sort of pollution <laughs> that the Delhi government banned it today came into being. In fact, when I was thinking about this festival this morning, the word light came to me in the form of an acronym and L-I-G-H-T occurred to me as live in gratitude happily today and every day. If we can live in the light of Swami's love and in gratitude for all the light that he continues to shed in our hearts, in our minds and share that light with all, that would be a beautiful way to observe this festival. Bhagwan during every festival used to emphasize on the inner significance of every occasion, of every ritual that is laid down by our sages and saints. And today as we discuss the third segment of this chapter 13 of Prema Vahini, we will be deliberating on this because Bhagwan here is referring to this knowledge and wisdom that has been passed on to us by our illustrious ancestors. So that is what we will be touching upon in today's Vahini Satsang and I'm sure uh, we are all waiting for Professor Venkatraman to share his insights on this topic. So with prayers, let's begin listening to the Vahini Satsang, the Vahini segment. So let's begin with the uh, new signature tune that we've come up for Vahini Satsang and then we'll move on. Welcome, Professor Venkatraman, sir, once again to Vahini Satsang. Before we move on to Vahini Satsang, would you like to share something about Diwali, sir? Any comments, uh, any thoughts on the festival? Since everybody around is only <laughs> in the Diwali mood today. Well, I will just mention something that I read a couple of days ago. There are many traditions associated with Diwali, as we call it which is a better name than Diwali. Yes. So there is going to be a north-south fight now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it marks the annihilation of a guy called Narakasura. As Swami said, when Nara, man, becomes Asura, he becomes <laughs> Narakasura. So, th that is really the thing. Yes. You are Nara, but the Asura is in you. They have got together. So, you have to have a war inside yes. and get rid of the bad guy. Good guy, bad guy fight goes inside. Inside, yes. That is really the message of our ancestors. Correct. We are talking of all sorts of things. The good way says fight goes on outside, but it's also going inside. Yes. And if this is stopped, that stops. So, the pollution starts inside, inside. and goes outside. Yeah. That's the essence of our the teachings of our ancestors. Yes. And last time also you mentioned about how what our ancestors said and so on and so, so forth. Yes. I'll take a pause here to know whether you have some comments on what I said just now. Because I got a letter, set of points in front of me which I would like to talk. But you have any comments? I don't want it to become a monologue. <laughs> no, no, no. I think what, what you are no, referring to. No. Uh, there used to be an old phrase in uh, cricket. There was a fellow called Vizi, Maharaj Kumar. <laughs> and he was a commentator. 
you can hear in the microphone lot of people clapping and shouting and all that this fellow will be talking about his past glory and uh, tour <laughs> and uh, the, that was long ago there was no uh, so there was a saying there was no tv at that time i like ike and a busy likes mike <laughs> he was called busy they are called the people who love no, mike president eisenhower was the uh, president i like ike busy likes mike <laughs> the people who like mike apparently are called mike asuras <laughs> you can call them <laughs> what will you call a fellow with smartphone <laughs> not today <laughs> the answer will be given in the next program you can submit your answer <laughs> <laughs> now uh, when you are mentioning about narakasura hmm. yes that's very pertinent but uh, the one thing which comes to my mind when you talk about diwali is that scene of swami standing at the edge of the veranda hmm. <laughs> and looking at the crackers bursting mm. it was a sight to see he would stand there you know yes. without even blinking he would just mm. stare into those crackers mm. and once when it was being lit in the mandir one of the rockets <laughs> that the students lit it went and hit some of the ladies there oh and they God. were shouting sairam sairam oh sami said i am here why they are getting so perturbed <laughs> why fear when i am <laughs> here why fear when i am here <laughs> literally standing there to cover up for all our <laughs> drawbacks mm. but uh, that was a wonderful sight and uh, swami would often give this small uh, all that i saw on today's uh, thursday darshan yes yeah. yes <laughs> okay <laughs> wonderful in fact so sir as you are referring to this uh, uh, mind pollution basically swami always mentions that all the pollution outside is because of the mind pollution and i think that's what uh, also uh, occurs uh, in this 13th uh, third segment of the 13th chapter so let's please listen to this and then sir you can share your reflections అట్టి పవిత్ర గ్రంథాలను ఇప్పటి మనవారు కొందరు గమనించక ఎలుకలు కొట్టి బూజు పట్టిన అట్టి తుక్కులే మన దిక్కని తలంచక పారవేయిచున్నారు ఈ తుక్కునే పాశ్చాత్య దేశీయులు పరిశీలించి పరిశోధించి వాటిలోని అద్వితీయ తేజఃపుంజములను బ్రహ్మమణి రాజములని గ్రహించి కన్నుల కద్దుకొని శిరమునందుంచుకొని తమ జాతులకు అమూల్య అలంకారముగా చేసుకొని భరతఖండం మాకిచ్చిన విలువనెరుగని ఆస్తి ఇది అని సముద్రం దాటిపోవు మహాఘోషముతో పట్టజాలని సంతోషంతో పలుకుచుండగా అట్టివాటికి అర్హులైన భారతీయ బిడ్డలు ఏమి చేయిచున్నారు చెప్పన ఆ గ్రంథములేవో వీరు చూచుటేలేదు వినుటలేదు తలచుటలేదు కోటికొక్కడైనా వాటిని చదివిన వాణిని మూఢుడని బూతుతిట్లు తిడుతున్నారు అవి ఒట్టి తప్పుడు తడకలనుచున్నారు వాటిని రచించిన గ్రంథకర్తలెవరని వాదించుతున్నారు అట్టి పవిత్ర భాష దైవ భాష అయిన సంస్కృతమును అభ్యసించవలసిన వారు అది కష్టమని చెడామడా తిట్టి ఇతర దేశులకు అప్పగించుతున్నారే ఎంత విచిత్రం పోనెండు దేశభాషలైనను సక్రమంగా అభ్యసించుతున్నారా లేదు are picked up by the westerners and diligently studied and researched upon realizing that it enshrines incomparable sources of illumination and priceless pearls of wisdom they lift it reverentially above their heads and acclaim it as the precious gift of bharat to themselves and their children they carry it across the seas with joy in their eyes and thankfulness in their hearts 
now shall i reveal what the children of india who are the rightful owners of this have been doing they neither look up these pages nor listen about them nor even concern themselves about them one in a million reads them but even he is ridiculed these books are laughed at as a conglomeration of lies and legends and they argue about their authorship and historicity instead of learning the sacred language sanskrit they dismiss it as very hard to learn and pass on the treasure to scholars of other lands what a sad spectacle is this it would have been some compensation if they attended carefully to the study of their mother tongue but they do not do even this there is sheer neglect of learning and as a result lack of peace everywhere so as i um ruminate on what bhagwan has uh, mentioned here three central ideas uh, occur to me one is bhagwan is talking about the apathy of the current generation towards the ancient texts and the ancient traditions second bhagwan is referring to the lack of interest in sanskrit and mother tongue and finally bhagwan is referring to how this lack of interest has led to peacelessness in the world so if we if i go by the first observation the apathy of the current generation towards ancient texts and traditions what are your thoughts on this sir because when you today you see um the current generation many times not in favor of uh, uh confirming to so many of our traditions and so many of our practices which have been gifted to us by our saints saints and sages when i think about it what comes to me is our saints and sages through their hours of contemplation and uh, meditation and uh, intuition communion whatever we may call it they discovered certain beautiful facets of how to live in harmony with nature and they knew these are very complex these cannot be explained to each and every one unless they have that kind of a wavelength that kind of uh, uh, and higher consciousness they probably will not be able to grasp it so they codified it in the form of say these traditions and that's how they have continued from generation to generation but with time i think uh, with people not being able to grasp that uh people not been able to see the profundity of those rituals and we have uh, a generation which perhaps uh, doesn't value them in the manner they should be your your thoughts on this sir well i'm a tough guy <laughs> and i believe tough words are needed first and foremost we have to recognize that this kind of language give makes excuses for us mm-hmm. so i am not going to spend time criticizing the kind of arguments we give because it's very easy to give arguments and say this doesn't work in today's world mm-hmm. i am going to look at it differently is there something from the past yes which stands the test of time 
Mm. So I can't say this is the cell phone age or whatever it is and find an alibi. From there we have come to here via a series of inactions. First, there has been neglect. Mm. Neglect has been very prominent in the latter part of last century and of course now it has gone like a rocket. Afterwards you forget about it. When I neglect, I know it is there but I am not paying attention. Next crime is forgetting. Then you trash it. That's all junk. Mm. <laughs> you say junk science when you want to mm. trash climate change. Mm. I mean, the promoters of climate change. And now, those who talk about the forgotten legacy, they're ridiculed. Look at that fellow. He's wasting his time and so on and so forth. Mm. So, we have gone from neglect to forgetting, then trashing and now ridiculing. Mm. So, I want to say, okay, let me go and find out if there is anything. In my view, there are some things absolutely stunning. If I squeeze the whole of the past, which you talk about in all those books, I get certain standout points, bullet points. First is, they give a formula or recipe for maintaining moral equilibrium in society. Now, if you ask me, that moral equilibrium in society is needed for the past, present and the future. There is no time when we cannot have that. Missing. That is the first thing. Moral equilibrium is all nice. It's a phrase. There must be some tool to ensure that moral equilibrium. And the preeminent tool that has been prescribed is duty. Duty is the vehicle that is used for maintaining this thing. But, all right, we will go into what is duty. But, duty is a word that describes action. Is there any other requirement? That is not stated. But it was Swami who drove our attention to it in a way that no one else has. And that is because Prema was his form. Although you say love is his form, that love is not uh, adequate. Prema was his form. Our, if you go to the Kirtanas of uh, Kritis of Tyagaraja, he always uses the word Prema for uh, this thing. Mm-hmm. And hardly anybody has paid attention. The word you use in relation to God is Prema. Rama ni Prema. Mm-hmm. We never use that word. And the first time we started hearing it on an extensive scale was Swami. So, these three things have to exist as long as human beings exist. That is my first point. Next thing is, let us look at duty. Uh, There have been a lot of things that have been said by Westerners on duty. It is not that they did not recognize the importance of duty. I will skip that. Now, one of the things that is implied by others but explicitly stated by our forefathers is there is no one exempted from duty. Not one person can get an exemption from duty. I can get a doctor's certificate and escape an examination. All right. Nobody gets that. Duty is human beings uh, obligation. Okay. This 
obligation cannot change it time you can't say this is a, you know the what is it called internet age this age globalization and all that nothing if this duty is not discharged in the way our ancestors said then whatever you do you may have gdp of 200 trillion dollars the country with the maximum gdp is america 20 billion trillion dollars make it 200 trillion still there will be no peace or this moral equilibrium so this duty must have the fragrance of prema but there before i come to the prema i will say there is uh, i'll say a few words about what our ancestors did in the old days how did they codify duty and how did they discharge their duties this they did in terms of specific uh, targets duty to my to the rishis duties to my ancestors specific ancestors duties to the gods because they believed in devas and duty to what they call the uh, guest and lastly duty to nature the word used was rishi yagya that is a duty to the legacy of knowledge in today's world yes pitru yagya gift of birth i am there because of my parents my parents are there because of their parents so there is a lineage and i pay my homage to that particular lineage then devas you can generally say bounties of nature just to give a practical example one of the devas worshipped was surya or sun yes no means there's a lot of baloney fine there's a lot of baloney but the fact of the matter is the sun's presence alone is enable to sustain life on earth so at least you recognize i am alive here because of the sun, sun. the ancients saw god through sun and gave ultimately all destination even yes. though the local address is it goes yeah. there <laughs> that is why swami said sarva jeeva namaskaram kesavam pratigachati guest somebody comes you say you welcome him like god in fact even guest does not mean somebody whom you call for convocation or something like that anybody who comes yes please come in what can i do for you and all that so all that must be done with some what you call respect reverence in this and bhute yagya in today's world boils down to what you call uh, being the custodian of ecosystem planetary ecosystem it has been gifted now you have to be the custodian and take care of it in the old days we called it by prakriti and adoration and mother nature and all that so duty is actions actions performed by humans alone are described in terms of duty you don't talk of the duty of a tiger or a frog or anything <laughs> so this duty is springing out of actions which are coming out of an entity called the mind action is triggered by thoughts so the mind is triggered by good thoughts good action and that good action will lead to dharma if the mind is uh, 
contaminated and infected with bad thoughts, bad action, adharma. Ultimately, in whatever yuga you live, in whatever place you live, whether you live in a tribal society, in today's world, if you go to Kar Nicobar Islands, there are so tribals. They still use bows and arrows, but you may not believe it. Or you go to New York City, the most, uh, I mean, one of the uh, richest places on earth, or for that matter, London. Dharma and Adharma exist. The concept exists. This is right, that is wrong. This is morally right, this is morally wrong. It is still there. As long as those things are there, the teachings of the ancients alone put it in a proper context. This takes some time to understand. And the, once again I repeat, if that duty does not have the fragrance of prema, which is love for God, that I'll take up a little later, then that is just robotic action. That's, even in the ancient society, they made clear what, what are the essential aspects of duty. It must have three components. The karma yoga aspect, the so-called jnana yoga aspect, and the bhakti yoga. I can bring it down to today's world and say what is the meaning of karma yoga, what is the meaning of jnana yoga, and what is the meaning of bhakti or prema yoga. Oh, these are need this is needed everywhere. I am really concerned with the archive. I need it from every person there, every single day, 24-7. So it is a relevant entity. If that is abandoned, then we are going to be in deep trouble. Because once you abandon them, you are abandoning right and wrong. Once you abandon right and wrong, yes. then society is in deep trouble. And in this the nuclear age, that trouble can be horrible. Okay, I stop. I've taken a lot of time. And you probably have just... It's going to be... Okay, we have another half. Yeah, yeah, we have enough time. No, this uh, observation is very, very interesting, sir. You mentioned that uh, duty does not change across the centuries. I never thought of it in that light. No, concept of duty. Correct. The exact duties may change. Yes. yes. But the basic f uh, principle of what each one uh, is expected to do in terms of his or her family and society and nature. I'll give you a very trivial example. Whatever it is, as Swami once said, when a cow gives birth to a calf, it will stand up and take milk by the mother cow licks. When a human baby is born, unless the mother picks up the baby and feeds it, it will not get milk. Period. As long as humans are like this and not like robots, it's self <laughs> This has to be done. This cannot change. It was so with the caveman, Mr. Flint, Flintstone. <laughs> it will be today with whoever it is, Bill Gates or whatever it is. And it will be so 100 years, 200 years, 5,000 years if humans live till then. That is not, and that duty is there. It is programmed into you. So there are other duties which you have to do consciously. It's not programmed. For example, throwing garbage into the road. That is a duty. Why? What's there in it for me? That those are the things where you have to use your brain's head and so on and so forth. So um, when we talk about neglect of duty. Hmm. Uh, is it that today's uh, generation is because of distraction they are not able to do it or is it because of uh, not giving it its due importance? Like, you see, where does it come from? That is an interesting question. It's a, and also an important question to which we do not give attention. 
duty takes time okay okay hmm. even if i'm thinking or praying to god it takes time time is the stuff life is made of so some part of my existence is used up for duty supposing that time i devote not to duty but to distraction Mm, then yes. that is delusional i am not neglect can come purely because of that no i am very busy with this i cannot do this mm. slowly it starts like that for example a student is supposed to come to the class on time i am late this matter two days three days bangalore roads and traffic uh, no. <laughs> once you have decided to sort yeah. of bluff your way out you can find i have seen myself mm. whenever i give appointment to people they always used to come late when i, I, I tell them no no this that i ask them if you go to railway station do you go after the train goes <laughs> there was a man i knew in kalpakam his name was uh, what was the harip prasad rao he will always go to the airport after the plane leaves <laughs> <laughs> and once i was supposed to travel with him in the car early morning 4:30 i told the transport department i don't want to go in his car i want my car separately <laughs> and all the drivers knew if i say a time i'll be ready at that time because of many factors so there is a way of finding an excuse for neglect that okay. is uh, in other words uh, you i want to come back to the question the yeah, you have to establish priorities correct moment you have prior for example i asked a fellow when swami was that did you go late for the shen no sir why no that swami sir so straight away <laughs> i draw the chart you are somewhere there he is there so i make concessions then excuses then neglect Hmm. then they say why should i meet duty nobody in america does and you know why should i do it hmm. fine don't do it sir one more angle to it hmm. which just comes to mind is it because there is no immediate consequence of neglect of duty because often times what happens is we are like pushing it under the rug hmm. and uh, we neglect duty we swami has told several times that the you know tsunamis and other natural uh, disasters are also because of man's neglect towards nature but we are taking it for granted till it actually piles up no 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 duty has nothing to do with punishment that's another aspect hmm uh the consequence and all that hmm. uh, i have a lot of people come and tell me regularly sir you are always busy and all that i said i don't waste time it's not in my nature if i have one minute i use it that's way i managed to do so much in 24 hours so how can i come and say have you ever tried <laughs> on the other hand if you want an american visa you will stand on your head for and uh, do tapas <laughs> because you will get visa yes. that is high in your priority yes. this is a lazy lame excuse mm. i bluntly tell that and when i was uh, serving as a part of radio sai somebody will come and say somebody is there to see you they want to see you so you say find out when they are leaving correct if they say i am leaving four days from now i'll call them and said you meet me on that day if they say i am leaving this evening i'll say sit down <laughs> and talk to them they have come from somewhere they have come to swami's house say a few nice thing and send them off if 
they are staying i say i'll choose a time that is convenient because i'm doing involved in something Correct. so it's a question of priorities hmm. if uh, my priorities are high in some things uh, this is so. so no i mean this is a fact of life it is this is what you call swartham built as a part of living in nature uh, that is not to be scoffed at oh what a fellow we are all having that but how to get rid of it okay that is the whole point mm. that's the whole point and at the end of the day the uh, duty is the pathway for liberation also that is the most important thing and that has to be the same all the time yes in fact uh, uh, two thoughts come to mind uh, are you able to get the hang of what i am oh yes yes sir <laughs> definitely i mean <laughs> so much to now uh, sort He's of you got to suffer from indigestion <laughs> you <laughs> no. won't suffer from indigestion <laughs> no there's there, definitely there is no, so there's a lot to think lot to think definitely yes but one thing uh, see i must give you my your money's worth <laughs> so to say <laughs> you know, um you know talking about the current generation not taking to uh, these practices and uh, study of our scriptures seriously i remember talking to um, um, mr swaminathan gurumurthy who was here uh, for a talk uh, on aradhana day few years ago and uh, when i told him that you know this current generation today somehow they don't take so easily to all these uh, beautiful practices passed on to us by our sages and saints he said we cannot blame the current generation they are not to be blamed who is to be blamed is the parents of the current generation he says that because when they ask questions if you are not able to give a convincing answer that is when they lose interest no no i won't quite agree with that there are two things and uh, one of the sort of mistakes we always make is we stress the procedures mm. no you can't have stress the procedures and the procedures are irrelevant hmm. procedures are shaped by time hmm. okay and circumstances in india the according to tradition the people never wore shirts and all that they only wear an upper cloth hmm. mail vastram as we used to say it even you go and live in north india in pale vastram you would be dead you will die <laughs> die of hypothermia so there are uh, what you call all sorts of uh, tri- we emphasize the trivial aspects mm. the most important thing, for example what is that big take home lesson from mahabharata you can't cheat your way to wealth mm. that is what is it is long yes. and short that is true then that is true now, now. <laughs> if you go and look at capitalism it is nothing but cheating your way to wealth <laughs> and pope francis bluntly called it dung of the devil <laughs> okay <laughs> very rightly so mm. so what is the principle don't hurt yes don't be selfish the spirit don't take what belongs to others correct and here is where our ancestors were had deep greater insight than others mm. in no other philosophy did they say don't take what belongs to those who come after you mm. just as you respect your pitrus Hmm. the generations that come behind you should not take anything away from others you show me one philosophy which talks about that what is the meaning of this some has explained in various occasions that was not created by your your grandfather 
the land you walk on was created by god the water you drink was created by god the air you breathe was created by god what right do you have to pollute the oceans and the rivers denying future generations from access to them what right do you have to pollute the air so much what right do you have to mistreat prakriti creating a climate change which is made by you and which you deny we have a responsibility to the future also i have not seen that stated it is not explicitly stated mm. but you have to do some homework and read mm. that is what we have to tell the other rest of the world not go and say science and all you won't find take us so that mm. so there is a point about taking the essence, essence and yes. uh, conveying it in suitable words mm. otherwise we will be lost in trivialities and fellow will rightly say go to hell <laughs> yes and even for that swami has given us this thing mm. uh, very interesting uh, this thing mm. a procedure he says you are traveling in a bus normally you sing bhajans at 6 o'clock you close your eyes imagine you are in prashantich m- yes. m- mumble the bhajans mm. he gave all the excuses you want mm. concessions rather yes so that is uh, what you call innovation no okay. i not seen any other fellow mm. talk about such innovations mm. adaptation yes See. in fact in fact when i remember when i was talking to one student uh, who came to bhagwan way back in the 80s and i asked him what fascinated you about swami mm. he said one thing which really captured me was how bhagwan used to explain the inner significance of everything that we were doing you know he was not fascinated by the miracles or or the materializations or anything that fellow was a sensible guy <laughs> like to <a> be <mystery. laughs> so he said that is as a youngster that is what captivated me because everything he was giving a depth to everything that we were seeing around you us you know you said youngster you know why he was asking those questions why that youngster was asking these questions mm. but i think by the time people are that age they do ask all these questions no <laughs> i'll tell you mm. an astounding experience i had mm. when i went to america and canada in 2013 mm. one of the places i visited was canada i wanted to go to canada because my first overseas trip was to canada and uh, the first place i landed there in canada from us i went from us was Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's a very big city in southern Ontario, one of the biggest cities in Canada. Ontario, uh, Toronto. Yes. There are two major science centers. One is called York Center, other is called the Scarborough Center. Scarborough Center is largely the initiative of uh, Sri Lankan Tamilians. I was giving a talk there. and i just stopped and asked any questions that's what i normally do right in front of me on the ground there was a chinese boy mm-hmm. he was studying in the sai school somehow he came there he was sitting on the ground so he asked me how do you get out of the wheel of karma <laughs> i mean i have talked all over the world <laughs> from the southern hemisphere to the northern hemisphere this 7 year old chinese boy asked me how do you get out of the wheel of karma this boy me i didn't know what to say suddenly i said by god's grace the way you get out of the wheel of karma is to use the wheel of dharma oh 
So that was a headline. <laughs> Then I called that boy and made him sit next to me and I was talking to him. And he said, I want to know the inner meaning of Swami's teachings. I have never heard a single person talk to me. That is his Purva Janma Punyam. Mm. You see, you mature through it. Yes, so if a fellow is young, we don't know how much he has accumulated in the past. past. So age is nothing. He said, you are able to talk like that. We have already come to this point. Physically, you are younger than me. So I'm just telling you, yes. let us not calibrate them by the body. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so definitely. Who knows how many Janmas? Definitely. No, sorry, I interrupted the thread no, of your question. No, no, I think that was <laughs> really beautiful. But um, the point as you, as you very rightly made is if we can convey the spirit of everything, I think that is the crux of uh, uh, the discussion, I mean, what, what you emphasized. And in some ways, that is what uh, ha- has appealed to so many youngsters uh, to whatever Bhagwan has said. And... E- what i have seen also is when you come through science then it sometimes becomes appealing to the current generation for example if you tell them about tulasi and all that you know you have to worship the tulasi they'll think what is the point of worshiping tulasi why we should do it is after all you know, frankly i am not prepared to accept all that mm. this science through tulasi and conveying through proper mm. the answer was given by swami mm. And that is true in all situations, quite apart from what so-called spirituality is. Mm-hmm. He said, my life is my message. If you live mm-hmm. in a certain way, you get credibility. If I talk in a certain way, yeah, this guy is well-read, he will collect his fees. Mm-hmm. That was Gandhi. Yes. she was so scrupulously t- truthful you had to bow to it and any fellow who works hard that is a message people congregate to him because they can learn from him basically that was the guru the guru must be an exemplar otherwise i am i can i can go to some talking schools and pay some money and uh, Yes. Your media <laughs> Acharya Swami said Acharanam <laughs> But put in Acharanam It's alright yes. So That is uh, uh, It doesn't lead to anything On the other hand If you go and physically work there And that was one of the things That Swami did With respect to Karma Yoga He always went around Looking at details And I told some of these things To somebody They were stunned And uh, talking of duty and God, I cannot help mentioning what Krishna says to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita. He said, oh, Partha, I have created all the three worlds. I am the boss of the worlds. <laughs> I have no duty. Yes. But having taken a human form, and I have, I, my form is compelled to act. Yes. And I act in such a way as if this body is doing the duty. And that is your example, worked example. Do you think I have any duty to drive your chair a taxi here? <laughs> okay? Do you think I am interested in a real estate fight between you and your brother? I am interested in supporting you because you have to fight for dharma against dharma. dharma. Yes. So, even there he gives a context. So, we can't go around preaching. Nobody is going to 
uh, they will actually trash you for teaching mm. but if you become an exemplar and then talk this is yes. what i am trying to do that makes a difference see when you do something even an experiment this is the way you do they learn mm. so do, uh, teach by following and becoming an exemplar and nobody has time for that because what's there in it for me mm-hmm. instead what does a teacher do in a class he will say come to me house i'll give you tuition tuition <laughs> all sorts of thing goes on in medicine you come to my house clinic and so on so action is the best advertisement sorry i interrupted yes. the thread no 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 so <laughs> we can't go around saying yes. our country was great in this yes you be great now yes. i don't i'm not interested what you are who was there who saw it yes you be great now no. then i'll follow yes. that is why in my last session yes. i referred to india being the moral leader of yes, the world yes absolutely that is its natural duty mm. the country has a duty yes in fact um, several times when students are with swami and they tell swami we offer our gratitude thank you swami i said why are you thanking me it is my duty sir <laughs> so yes, he used to yes, say that yes. in a very very i heard him many times <laughs> yes so I, uh, for a while i said what's going on then i said he saying you better do your duty mm-hmm. in fact i remember <laughs> on those lines one day when bhagwan uh came outside uh, to sit for a program after he had taken aarti mm. the boys had uh, prepared a program and it was actually a long session somi had already spent lot of time in the interview room and nobody was actually expecting bhagwan to come but the boys were perhaps praying hard somi came and uh, somi sat for another uh, 45 minutes watching the uh, program of the boys and after that when the warden went and told somi you took so much shrama for all of us swami said idi shrama kaadu idi prema <laughs> so earlier sir yeah, that is a yes. message in that yes the message is my action my duty is got the fragrance of prema yes. what you say i am doing your duty for you does it have the fragrance yes. of prema yes. not even scent bought in uh, market whole <laughs> <laughs> spice or whatever it is wo bhi nahi hai yes so in fact in fact that's what you mentioned about prema i wanted to come to that you mentioned also about this duty having these three uh, aspects to it the karma bhakti and gyana how everything that we do every duty can have uh, uh, all these three aspects uh, embedded mm-hmm. and with the substratum of prema if you can elaborate on that sir okay that is a very good question we may have to spill over to the next thing duty is Well, let us say i am having now the archive is coming we are appointing electrician mm-hmm. i have to tell him these are your duties you have to do this you have to do this do this then that is karma yoga how you do it properly how you do's and don'ts there is essentially karma yoga do your duty thoroughly neatly etc etc gnana yoga gnana yoga doesn't have to mean what is said in the bhagavad gita why are you doing this mm. how to do why you are doing this is the reason if this is not done that time equipment will be damaged also then how do you do it that is bhakti yoga mm. how do i do it i can say it in many ways if you do it you must at the end of this day feel that you have done something especially when you are doing a construction work fabrication or assembly work and commission acha now it is working i am so happy mm-hmm. i struggled all the time who is enjoying that there is someone inside mm-hmm. 
that is what ramana will ask tell you ask him <laughs> but at that time you don't confuse him but if you train him like that half the job is done he is ready for going from uh, to higher say in primary school to secondary school and you can take him for dharpana if that is there then lot of things will happen for example one extreme case i'll give you uh the baba atomic research center decided to set up a cyclotron laboratory in calcutta that was way back they called it variable energy cyclotron center and it is in calcutta which is uh, in bengal and uh, bengal was known for its marxism and all that this was in a place called salt lake that time it was very backward very close to the airport absolutely backward there was really salt water in the ground and all that now that has become a very prime estate with football stadium and all that those days there was nothing and the government pays salary through the banks there was no bank nearby some bank was at least 3 uh, kilometers away and that bank was a local bank and it was giving a lot of problem so they, the government was pressure, pressurized that is the government of india pressurized atomic energy belongs to the government of india so they asked the state bank to set up a branch right next to the variable energy cyclotron center mm-hmm. but who are the people working there all <laughs> marxists <laughs> so they will come at 10 o'clock they will clean the table and all that and then all the fellows will be standing counter is supposed to open at 10 o'clock then that fellow will slowly open his newspaper and start reading <laughs> can you imagine that this fellow will be shouting 10 o'clock we are waiting for you are being salary paid salary you should do your duty that fellow will say i am being paid salary to come to work oh my god <laughs> says i should work <laughs> i'm talking of duty if you want me to work you must pay overtime you are paying overtime you must pay overtime for do working in normal time so you know how the adharma can twist hmm. the meaning of duty this is a real thing that happened mm-hmm. so the when i train my people in this line they become very conscientious and i am proud to say dr sanyu whom you have met was trained by me and even today he will talk about national interest what do we do for this country and so on so forth at the end of the day in his own way dr nilakanthan is like that why are we wasting public money Uh, we should not be wasted and so on <laughs> spending money all those things we must be careful unnecessarily we spend money so if everybody works like that society will be ramrajya hmm. you know if all the ba- banks work all the trains run on time all the uh, uh, utilities run on time all the hospital work properly that is half of ramrajya there is no magic nothing People, when teachers are paid and they don't want to teach and or even learn and everybody wants to be distracted from what they are supposed to be doing students are supposed to sit in class if they go on check this did not happen 5 years ago now i believe they use their smartphones and all that and do checking of facebook or whatever and if the vice chancellor says you should not bring cell phone to the class all the parents cry who can Uh, the, we must know what our daughter is where our daughter is damn it when i was a student in 19 <laughs> uh, for, for 50s 
I, if I had to contact my father, no phone, nothing. I had to write a postcard. It'll take him five days to reach. <laughs> if he answered immediately, it'll, take, uh, it'll come to me after five days. Ten days passed. <laughs> I am not the worst for it. <laughs> I am not the worst for it. So, we have created artificial distractions and diversions. Yes. That is the beauty of the mind. As a mm. saying in one of the classroom goes, mm. the mind is infinitely capable of deluding <laughs> itself. <laughs> yes. So, all the problems are given by the greater opportunities offered by modern society to mm. the mind. Mm. In the old days, the mind was kept engaged with all sorts of chanting, yes. daily rituals yes. and uh, festivals, any number of festivals. Guru <laughs> Ganesha and all that. That's mm. all just a way of distracting and yes. telling you something yes. according to the nature of the festival. Shivaratri, yes. you do this. Ganesha Puja, you do this. Mm. Krishna Ashtami, you do this. Yes. That's a way of keeping the mind busy, focused on one central yes. target. Now, we don't have that because yes. our mind has been sold and taken away. Absolutely. It has all piped out through that thing and it goes to Facebook or whatever mm. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, everybody is checking his mail every five minutes. Mm. And I don't know why I have to go on telling I've eaten this, that and all that. <laughs> 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 no, I, 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 I never use these things. Mm. When I found these people are doing all these things, I asked, why do you have to go on telling me I, I forgot to brush my teeth by ate breakfast without brushing my teeth? <laughs> How does it shake the world? <laughs> so, we have done the trivialization. I talked about trivialization. Yes. We have ourselves trivialized our values. Mm-hmm. And we can't go around using the methodology of the past. Correct. Yes. So, and it has a lot of meaning in today's world. If a pilot is flying an Airbus 380, there are 500 passengers there, two decks, 500 people under his control in a machine which can go bad in many ways. Mm-hmm. I saw a video the other day taken somewhere, very strong winds. This plane is being simply tossed, fellows having struggled to control that. Suddenly there was a storm there and she's landing, the plane is being pushed this way, that way. Unbelievable. And that plane has a lot of power, but mm-hmm. wind is stronger. Mm-hmm. As Swami said, you have a fan. Can any fan produce <laughs> the power of a hurricane? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You you open your tap, you get uh, rain. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, what about the rain that comes? Yes. In the recent uh, the hurricane that hit Texas, the amount of water that came down. Yes. It was a trillion, uh, uh, what do you call, gallons of water. Trillion tons of water, not mm-hmm. here. Tons, trillion tons. Ten to the power of twelve tons picked up from the Atlantic Ocean and uh, Gulf of Mexico. You take that and drop that. Can we do anything like that? That is why Gandhi said, there is an indefinable, mysterious power that pervades everything. I feel it. Though I cannot see it. And he also said that is because it is beyond the senses. Yes. That is the message that yes. our country gave. Mm. Beyond the senses. There exists something beyond the senses. Do we tell anybody who has the sense to listen to that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> there is so much definitely to ruminate See, on. See, I don't have listeners. I can't go and talk to my computer, <laughs> telephone or anything. So, when I get Bakra, I catch them. <laughs> no, no, I think... But it's, now, it's, your time is coming to your rescue. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely something, uh, so much to uh, contemplate upon. Too much <laughs> So, yes, sir. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming today. I know it's always, every day is a busy day for you, but somehow you uh, earmark this time for Radio Sai. So ah, this is not uh, something, uh, I like it. It's my wonderful. duty also. <laughs> if I help somebody somewhere in some way, then it is something. Yes. Wonderful. So, dear listeners... This is the duty of older generation to younger oh, yeah. generation. <laughs> I also have a duty. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. You never retire from duty. You can retire from job. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really uh, very, very valuable for us uh, because whatever we can listen from you is something which will help uh, the coming generations to align ourselves uh, to what Bhagwan has said, to understand it in the right context and make it relevant for our time. So, dear listeners, please uh, do uh, tell us what you felt about this program. If you have any questions that you want to put to sir, please feel free to write to us as always. You can write to listener at radiosci.org. As, as I mentioned before, we are doing the 13th chapter of Prema Vaini. So if you have some time, do open the pages of Prema Vaini. And as you go through it, I'm sure you will have uh, many new insights, uh, new thoughts, um, new dilemmas about how to make this work in real life. So please feel free to send us your thoughts and your questions. With prayers to Bhagwan for giving us this beautiful opportunity to ruminate on the on these precious pearls of wisdom that he has so painstakingly written so many years ago. And praying that we continue this satsang in the weeks to come. I take leave of all of you. Thank you so much. Sairam. You were listening to an episode of our program, Vahini Satsang. This episode was first aired on the 19th October 2017 as part of Thursday Live from Prashantinilam on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. Thank you and Sai Ram.